You're listening to the Growth Experts Podcast. So if you're looking to 10X your business by learning proven growth strategies, you're in the right place. During my interviews with top CEOs, entrepreneurs, and marketers, I dig deep to uncover the real strategies, hacks, and tools to help you achieve your goals. And I'm your host, Dennis Brown. Hey, everybody. If you're interested in learning how to leverage LinkedIn for your business, this episode is sponsored by my book, The Seven Habits of Highly Successful LinkedIn Users. To get your free copy, just send a text to 44222 with the word seven habits. That's the number seven habits to 44222. Now let's get on with the show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And today we have yet another amazing guest. His name is Alex Nerney. Alex is a ground breaking blogger and the epitome of what it means to be a business growth expert. He and his partner, Lauren, first started blogging years ago and when he's a personal trainer and she was an accountant. But what began as a side hustle quickly evolved into a full-time blog earning over $100,000 in its first year. Alex and Lauren quit their nine to fives, sold almost everything they owned and went all in. In 2017, Alex and Lauren co-founded Create and Go, which is an online blog that teaches others how to make money blog. Since then, their business has grown to over 100000 a month. And that happened. That doesn't happen by accident. So welcome to the show, Alex. Yeah, appreciate you having me, Dennis. Yeah, thank you. I'm excited because, believe it or not, <laughs> we've talked a little bit about SEO on the show over the last year or so, but we really haven't talked about blogging. I mean, we've talked about content marketing. We've talked about different components of that, but we really haven't talked about blogging. And that was kind of a blind spot, which was kind of weird. So when the opportunity came up to interview you, I said, hell yeah, let's do it. And so thank you for being here. I'm excited. Blogging is sort of the stepchild of the internet marketing family. It's, it's fallen out of grace for some reason, but I'm excited to talk about it with you guys. Well, what's cool is you're capitalizing on it. So no matter how far out of grace, you know, it's working for you. So today sure. we kind of fleshed out what I think is going to be a really interesting topic for the audience. And that is, you know, you made kind of a statement early in our pre-interview here, which was people need to stop blogging like an internet or like an idiot to start getting results. And I figure what's a better way to do that than to have a seven-figure blogger do that. So before we dive into that, give us a minute or two, quick backstory, and then we're going to dig right in. Yeah, for sure. You know, like many entrepreneurs, I get started way back in the day reading the four-hour work week. Um, I was always playing around with different things. I wrote for a little bit of time at a website called The Bro Bible, an internet website basically for guys, uh, where I wrote like my first ebook and I would write all sorts of dude bro articles on there and uh, found it fun. But back in about 2015, wanted to get serious about business again and starting something that would provide a more passive form of income. Was trading a lot of hours for dollars as a personal trainer at the time and was sick of waking up at 5.30 to uh, teach people to lift weights who didn't want to lift weights. So I started first website called Health and Happy Hour. That website actually failed. But then started our second website called avocado.com. And uh, that website has grown to tons and tons of readers, millions and millions with uh, thousands and thousands of customers. It's been a lot of fun. It's a health and wellness website for women. Really enjoyed that. And uh, through that process, started Create and Go to teach people, hey, you know, like there are lots of people teaching people how to blog out there and not a lot of people seem to know what they're talking about. And so we wanted to start our own website to teach people that. 
that blog has grown to a phenomenal success, more success than when I got into this that I ever expected. And I'm very thankful for what I get to do. And I'm very excited to help your audience today stop blogging like an idiot and take something that you know, has been around for, you know, since 2005 and use it properly for your business and use it the correct way uh, to drive more customers and more sales and, and more retention and more loyal fans to what you do. So excited to be here, man. Yeah. When I shared with you that my audience is predominantly B2B entrepreneurs and sales and marketers, the first thing you honed in on was, you know, that, that blogging and B2B could be used as a tool for customer acquisition, but there's a very specific way to do it, right? And most people are doing it wrong, thus the title, Stop Blogging Like an Idiot. So before we get into that really quick, tell me a little bit about the business. I mean, I got a brief synopsis of it, but you started this blog in 2017, which is this Create and Grow blog? Yeah, Create and Go. I think it started in 2016, 2017, right in there. So that's your primary business right now, right? That's your focal point. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes, sir. So you don't have five different blogs. This is really the focal point of what you, of where your energy and time is spent. For sure. Okay. Uh, cool. I have a few different other business ventures that are, you could call them similar, but they're, they're not predominantly blogging. Gotcha. Okay. So what's the revenue model for Create and Go? Is it coaching? Is it consulting? Is it online courses? I mean, what does that look like? Online courses make up the vast lion's share of what we do. So it's taking people, I'd say it's some of the hardest conversion in the business is taking somebody and getting somebody to on your website to trust you, like and to love you, and to buy courses from you. That's the primary way, way we make money on all of our blogs, not through advertising. Affiliate marketing makes up some amount of that, but is not certainly not the lion's share. Cool. And yeah, and converting people through a blog into taking out their credit card and investing in a course... I mean, you're talking about a very small percentage of the visitors that hit your blog actually convert. And I think the biggest challenge there, obviously, is that, you know, it's arm's length, right? They don't actually know you other than through your content. It's not like they spoke to you on the phone, like a lot of B2B sales. So with B2B versus what you're doing, you don't necessarily have to have millions of visitors in order to convert those into leads and sales, right? Right. And that's the cool thing about it is that, you know, Converting someone on an online course through like a passive funnel system is incredibly difficult. But, you know, when we started Avocado, we originally sold digital courses and then we started selling probiotics, a supplement. And it's a physical product. So similar to coaching, you're like, you know, you feel like you're definitely getting something back from this. And selling that product was infinitely easier because it was just like somebody's, you know, has something more tangible that they can grasp. Very similar to like if you are selling coaching. You know, like I'm going to buy that thing because I know I'm going to be talking to you. I think our sales process has prepared us for being able to sell anything in my mind. Yeah, perfect. So what would just from my own perspective, from my own selfish perspective here, what's a good conversion rate for your blog, like to convert visitors into customers? What's a good conversion rate percentage wise? Do you have a sense of that? There's no good answer for that. The truth is, is that something like on a health and wellness website, you get 5x the amount of traffic that you get on on Create and Go, right? But Create and Go makes significantly more money than Avocado. It's going to very much depend on what you're selling. It's also it's just yeah, that conversion rate is going to be thrown off by just the type of person that visits your particular page. So I don't want to throw out any number in particular. Right. The audience, I'm sure the price point make is a big variable. Huge variable. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Okay, cool. All right, listen, we got a lot to go over. So let's dig in. 
you're going to share with us, you know, this whole concept behind and some strategies and tips on how to stop blogging like an idiot so you can start getting more customers with your blog. So I'm going to turn it over to you. I know we laid out a little bit of a framework that I thought was perfect for the audience. So everybody grab a pen and paper, start jotting down some notes, and I'm going to turn it over to Alex. For sure. So I mentioned it a little bit in the intro, but the big thing is that when we started, we started out with a big failure. And the reason behind that failure is honestly, still to this day, why a lot of people fail at blogging or business content marketing. And that is that they think way too much about themselves and way too little about what they're building for something else, somebody else. The original blog failed because it was called Health and Happy Hour. And the whole concept and premise was like, I'm a millennial and I like to drink and I like to have fun and I like to work out. So let's put this in a blog. The thing was, it was all focused internally. When we created Avocado, we first centered it around an avatar. We centered it around a particular type of customer that we wanted to attract. And that's number one. That's like blogging is an A to Z thing. So it's like all the way from if A is your building an avatar, Z is having a customer love you so much that they refer you to their friends and family. So, But the A actually begins with this understanding of this specific type of person that you're trying to attract. With Avocado, it was, we want you know 35 to 55-year-old women who are interested in losing weight, but in like a healthy and natural way. I mean, so we started out with that avatar. We thought long and hard about who that was. I and mean, that is where you begin. And the second step to that is then this process that I call sales-centered content. Sales-centered content is much different than what most people do blogging, whether it's a personal blogger in the business space. Sales-centered content is all designed around walking this person through this particular path. One thing that I noticed blogging really quickly is like, let's say I have a product on, let's say I have a product on supplements, right? Or so let's say I have a supplement to sell. Let's talk about the probiotic. If I try to create an article about, let's say like losing weight, and I put the, hey, get this supplement opt-in on the article, that won't convert as well as if I created an article on supplements and then I had an email funnel that was designed for supplements. And then I had a sales page that was all about supplements, right? It seems incredibly simple, even when I say it there. But it's the big thing that most people miss. It's this process of understanding the sales-centered content. So the first thing is to identify your avatar. The second thing is to identify the different stages that your avatar is in. So there are different... I learned this in personal training, but there are different um, moments that people have in their walkthrough of your process. So let's say you own a digital marketing agency. First step is actually pre-contemplation. Pre-contemplation is this process of they don't even know they need a digital marketing agency yet, right? They're asking questions like, how do I get more traffic to my blog? How do I get more social shares on Instagram, right? They don't even know they need a digital marketing agency. They just have problems that they need to solve, right? There is contemplation. Contemplation is where they've identified, oh, a digital marketing agency would help me solve this problem. And so then they start looking up things like, oh, what are some great digital marketing agencies? What do I look for in a digital marketing agency? Who are some of the best agencies around me? Right. And then there's something called post-contemplation. A post-contemplation can be everything from they've made a decision and have a little bit of, I forgot, is that the negative bias or they have some regret about the purchase that they've made. So like, let's say they have buyers, you know, my remorse. Digital marketing, buyer's remorse. Thank you. Thank you. But they have some sort of regret about that thing, right? So there's these three stages that people kind 
and walk through. And under all these stages are those keywords, right? Starting talking to business people here, you probably know already what keywords are, but you know, the high level is just that, you know, people are typing in their problems to Google every day on, you know, like I said, with digital marketing agency, it could be, how do I get more likes on Instagram, right? Or how do I do these things? So creating blog posts around not only your avatar, but the different phases that your avatar is in is the way to create sales-centered content. So listen, let's take a stop for one second. I think that's really important. I want to peel that apart a little bit because you hear a lot about, you know, define your customer avatar and any marketing strategy that's almost always where you start. And it makes a ton of sense, right? Right. Not everybody that is a 35 to 55-year-old woman that wants to lose weight is in the exact same phase of their journey. And that's what you talked about. You said some people are, you know, in the, you know, the early, what did you say? The contemplation or the the pre-contemplation, the the very early stages. They don't even know they really want to lose weight. They probably just don't really feel great. And they're looking for some sort of chain. Maybe their mood's not great. They're having some mood swings or whatever. And then you get into the contemplation and then you get into post-contemplation. And the way people search and the way people act online is different in each one of those phases. Mm -hmm. And so number one, they're typing in different things to Google and different keywords and key phrases, and they're looking for different answers. And if you want to get them in each stage, if you have an want an opportunity to, you know, to bring them to your blog or to you know, to share information with them or have them to be able to find you, you have to think differently about those keywords. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And that yeah, seems really simple, like you said, Alex, but I mean, I think that's a big deal because I think most people don't peel the onion back that far to consider what stage are they in. So I don't want to disrupt your flow here, but I thought that was definitely worth talking about. Can you expand on the keyword research piece a little bit? Because I think that's one piece that people struggle with. Yeah, for sure. Best practices in keyword research are to, all right, so you're making this avatar and you're, let's say you divvied out pre-contemplation, contemplation, post-contemplation. Before you even enter a keyword research tool, you, your team, your best friend, whoever, should walk through some of those, the questions, the defining things that that person would want to solve. You know, like you brought up a great point, you know, if somebody's like, feels bad, right? Like, or like, I don't have any energy, right? They don't know that like weight loss is kind of the solution to that problem just yet, right? That's what I mean by the pre-contemplation. It takes you taking time, taking serious thought investment in looking at pre-contemplation and going through all the different phases that they go through and, and just starting out with a big list. The next step for the keyword research are using tools and a variety of them. Not one tool will solve everybody's problems. But when you're doing keyword research, so let's say, again, we go through this process of, you know, this person isn't getting enough likes on Instagram. I was like, how do I get more Instagram likes? Right. Yeah. Okay. You're going to attract a lot of people who are just into the vanity metrics of Instagram, but your target person does live on there as well. They're also interested in that. So making a post on that matters. And and I'm going to explain why, because not every post you make is going to rank on Google, but that's not the point. The point is, is that the having some posts do that drive that traffic and then they're going to come to your website and they're going to ping pong around on your blog posts and be like oh these people are really you know they really understand me they really understand my problems and that's what drives sales but so the keyword research i'd start with you have uber suggest uh, uber suggest uh neil patel's free tool which is pretty awesome 
have Google's Keyword Planner, which is a great tool. It's paid. Another one, which is Ahrefs. I can't say enough about what Ahrefs has done in the keyword research game. And you can easily research your competitors and, and do all these things. Again, these are tools that cost a, a pretty penny. I think Ahrefs is probably like 200 a month. But you know, if it's in the budget, it's a very important thing. But the, a couple free ones are you can use Keywords Everywhere. This is a free Chrome extension that you can download so that anytime you're typing in things, so let's say you've made your pre-contemplation, you've written down all of the things that your customer would be thinking about before they even contemplate needing a digital marketing agency. Your next step is to type those things into Google and start seeing, hey, are people looking for this information? Are people on the web actually interested in this through volume metrics? You can look at, oh, it looks like 200 people a month are interested in this specific keyword. Or, oh, it looks like there's 2,000 a month that are interested in this keyword, right? That's the process of properly doing keyword research. Yeah. I'm, what I like about that, first of all, Neil Patel was on my was on my podcast. He's episode 107, if anybody wants to check that out. And I can't speak highly enough about his Uber Suggest tool, right? It's free. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's crazy the things he's given away for free. I mean, and it mm-hmm. continues to evolve. It's getting better and better, you know, yeah. every six months or every three to six months, he's adding new stuff. So that's a great tool. And I also like Ahrefs. So I think those are both really great tools. I love that. And, you know, in the importance of keyword research, like you said, for each stage of that, where that buyer is, you know, pre-contemplation, contemplation, post-contemplation. And then, and then from there, once you've done that keyword research, and let's say you found, you know, 20 different really primary good traffic driving keywords that you think are relevant or whatever, 20, 50, 100, whatever it is, right? What do you do then? Now, what do we do? Yeah. So then this is the next stage, I would say, this is more optional, but this is probably a good place for most of you to be, is that I would go and analyze your competition on Google. And I would have an honest discussion with oneself. So for instance, let's go back to that digital marketing agency. And let's say, you know, some of their customers want to get more likes on Instagram. If we were being honest, Dennis, we would know that you are not going to rank for that term. That term is going to be incredibly difficult because you're going to compete with every single social media influencer on planet Earth for that keyword. You're not going to rank for it. Yep, totally agree. But there are going to be things that you definitely can rank for. Like, again, like if we went to, you know, what is a digital marketing agency? Eh, You're a digital marketing agency. People refer to you as a digital marketing agency. You have a much better chance to rank for that keyword. So I would have like an honest conversation with oneself on like, hey, there are things that we can rank for and there are things that we are probably not going to be able to rank for. You're still going to create all of this content because the whole key to this is having somebody visit your blog or visit your website and know for an absolute certainty that they've found the one, that they've found the right place that is going to help them solve the problems that they have, right? But the key here is to have an honest conversation. And so when you have something that let's say that you can rank for, like maybe what is a digital marketing agency? I'm sure is a hard keyword to rank for. But let's say you are a digital marketing agency and you're like, we could throw down and really create some epic content for this. Then you should do that. You should try to outdo the number one. You should just analyze your competition. Look at, hey, here's what number one, number two, and number three are doing. Let's create something better. And that's really all the thought process you need to have into it. And then go and try to create that content that's better. I still want you to create the likes on Instagram because let's say you're driving somebody through social. Let's say you're driving somebody through your email list. Let's say you're getting in a customer in a different route. They still need to, they're still going to want to see that on your blog. 
they're still going to see your answer for that problem on your blog. I just wouldn't put as much stock into ranking that organically. We on the same track, Dennis? Yeah, totally. And what I like about what you said was really interesting. You know, even though you may not be able to rank for that keyword on Google, because this is a fine distinction, maybe even though you can't rank for it on Google, because maybe it's a super competitive keyword, you should Mm -hmm. still create that content on your blog. And what I've done, tell me if this is right or wrong or what your thoughts are on this, you know, with the blog post where I am able to rank and I start generating traffic there, what I will a lot of times do is think about, okay, this is step one in their journey, right? So this is step one and I'm able to rank for that. But now I need to move them to step two. And what I'll do is even though I can't rank for that content on step two, I'll link to it in that blog post because I want them to take the next step of the journey. And rather than going somewhere else, I want them to stay on my blog. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, that's what you're doing. You're walking people through this process. And that process is getting them to trust you getting them to trust that you are the right source of information. And yeah, walking them through those steps towards their goal is the right solution. Love it. Perfect. Okay. What else would you add? Is there anything else you want to add in here? I mean, we talked, we've kind of got a nice flow going. You did the competitive research. Now you're creating, what do you mean by create better content? Can you take that apart? Can you pull that apart for a minute or two? Yeah, for sure. What Google is looking for is they're looking for right now, best searches that satisfy the most user. So back to what is a digital marketing agency. Like they want somebody to wholly and comprehensively answer that question. And that should be your goal is to answer that in the best way possible. So like, let's say you go and you see that somebody has a a really long article written on there, but they don't have a video attached to it. Well, by creating better content, you would say, okay, well, we should create an article. Let's put a video of our CEO or of somebody who's in charge of our marketing team on there explaining that concept, right? That's by that's what you're doing. You're taking it to the next level. You're, let's say that article is really hard to read or isn't, you know, there could be a million problems with an article that make it something that you can compete against. But I'd say like the addition of video is a big one. I would say making it more readable. I'd say adding more images. People love seeing tons of images and blog posts because it makes it the content really digestible. Another big one that's really popular right now is just making the article longer. You know, if somebody answered the question a thousand words, you know, try to answer it in 2000, you know, like make a longer form piece of content and it will give you a shot at ranking. Love it. Perfect. It's kind of like, I mean, I've this whole skyscraper method, right? You know, you're taking somebody else's who has a really popular piece of content that's maybe ranking, you know, really well in Google and it's in your niche or it's kind of in your wheelhouse or it's, you know, it's something that you really want to rank for you're really going to one up their game by, you know, not obviously not copying what they've done, but recreating something similar in your own voice, but then really, you know, pumping it up into a long form piece and doing some of those things that you talked about adding adding video, adding, you know, more keywords, you know, that maybe are, you know, long tail keyword and images and all kinds of different to keep them on that page longer. Right. Yeah. Simple stuff. You know, like let's say they use stock photography, you know, and you have a marketing team, get some real photos of you and your team, put them in there. You've taken it to the next level, right? That's what I mean. And it's just like this analysis of, and obviously, and that's why I wanted to clarify at the beginning is you only want to spend your time at this on the things that are in your wheelhouse. You're like, we are the best digital marketing agency in Sacramento. So we, you know, damn well better rank for that top keyword, right? So it's like, you know, that's where you want to spend your time. You know, that's where you want to really spend like this sort of effort into. 
you still want to answer the question of the likes on Instagram. But, you know, that's what I mean by that. Perfect. Awesome. Anything else you want to add into that? I have a couple more questions and we're going to wrap it up for today. No, no, that's uh, that's, awesome. that's good. I, I, I just, you know, there's obviously a flow to this. You're, you're obviously driving them. You want to drive them to, you know, email funnels and drive them from there into uh, converting them to customers in whatever way uh, that you see best fit or whatever your KPIs for turning a new visitor into a customer are. But those are the, that's how you start creating good blog content. Love it. Perfect. All right, listen, two questions rapid fire. Let's do it. Number one, what's your favorite growth tool or software app, something that you use on a daily basis that helps you grow your business? Audible.com. Nice. Audible.com. You're, you, uh, you, I read. I love uh You I listen. Love you don't read. You listen. listen. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Me I'm, too. I'm, I'm the same. These days. Yeah. I just want to listen. I'm the uh, same way. Recent, recent one. I just went through, um, let's see my latest ones. I just went through Mark Manson's new book, Everything is Effed, uh, a book about hope, which I thought was actually very good. Very big fan of his content. And I I'm, I'm went through the five dysfunctions of a team. And then Peter Thiel, zero to one were my last three. Perfect. Um, yeah. So you just answered my next question. So why don't we do this? Let everybody know how they can connect with you, learn more about your business, maybe pick up your course, and then we'll wrap it up for today. Favorite books I already knocked out, huh? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So if you want to learn more about you know, our, our blog content, our, our stuff is more tailored to the entrepreneur or the person who wants to be a blogger and wants to you know create websites full time. Uh, and if that's something you're interested in, createandgo.com is the number one resource for that. We'll teach you how to make money blogging, how to start a blog the right way, and how to scale up to uh, making six figures and beyond. We've taken students from absolutely no blog to making over $10,000, $20,000 a month. We love what we do. We are passionate about helping people build businesses where they can chase their passions and their dreams. Blogging is not the only way to do that, but it is the way that we've chosen. It is the thing that we love doing. And uh, we'd love to help more people on the squad. If you want to learn more about us, that is a great resource. But another resource that people always tell me about is our YouTube channel. Uh, we have 50,000 subscribers. And um, most people say they binge watch the content. I, sometimes I don't know why, because it's just me talking. But some people seem to like it and enjoy it. And if you are somebody who enjoys audio, that's kind of what they seem to do is they go on there and they'll play the videos and then they'll just listen to them. I've had a lot of people say that. So if you're a podcast listener, obviously you like listening to people talk. So that's uh, those are two great resources. One final one would be uh, we have a community group called Honest Bloggers in Facebook. Again, another great resource um, for when you're getting start when you're getting started out. But I do appreciate your time, Dennis, and this is a lot of fun. Awesome, man. Well, listen, I'll make sure I include those links in the show notes. I really, really appreciate you being here today, and I'm sure we'll talk again soon. Awesome, brother. Talk to you soon. Thanks. Thanks. Listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in. I truly appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the podcast, then do me a huge favor. Click the subscribe button now and please leave me a review. It would mean a lot to me.